What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who's ready to donate his ankle to Kyler Murray if it means he'll get back on the field, <laughs> a.k.a. the DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Mike, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Thanks thanks again for having me on. It's uh, definitely, definitely, I would do a lot of things right now to get Kyler Murray back on the field. Poor, poor guy. After a tough game against the Packers, left the game with that ankle and hasn't seen the field since. So definitely could use him back. It's a good time in fantasy football right now. Got some Thanksgiving football coming up and heading into week 12 where it's pretty much do or die at this point. we got a lot of trade deadlines for a lot of different leagues right now. So wheeling and dealing, got to make, make that final push for the playoffs. Well, tonight's show is not geared towards a playoff push. Mm-hmm. Tonight's show is a truther show. That's right. Um, but before we jump in, I want to do a quick tweet of the week. So this week's tweet of the week goes to Ben Fennell at Ben Fennell underscore NFL. Um, so we will post that in the show notes and get it up on Twitter. Um, but before we dive into some truthers tonight, Mike, I got a fun chance to catch up with my buddy Max Andrus, and we got to have a great conversation about one of his favorite players, Antonio Gibson. So before you and I dive into tonight, I just want to play that for the people at home and let them enjoy some Antonio Gibson talk. Love it. I love Gibson as well, so I'm excited to hear what Max has to say. So here I am, joined by a man who has only been on the Dynast Dynamic once in his career. It was earlier this year, and there was only one player he wanted to talk about, not counting Paris Campbell, and his name was Michael Pittman. I am joined now by the man who called the sophomore wide receiver breakout, Mr. Max Andrus. Max, thanks you for being here. And how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing well, Max. Thanks so much for having me. What what a great year of, of NFL football it's been. I feel like we're all we're all super lucky. The the product that's been on the field from all these different teams, it's it's been great to watch. Yeah, we got the uh, we are recording on Sunday morning with the potential game of the year in the four o'clock slot, the uh, Kansas City at Dallas game. But that is not why we're here today, Max. And it feels weird saying Max and Max so many times, but people are just going to have to deal with it. We are here to talk about a player that you and I text about weekly, want to check in, make sure that uh, you know we're both keeping the flame lit. And that player is Antonio Gibson. And... I think, you know, you are more tuned in to the uh, media machine than I am most mm-hmm. of the days, but it feels like people aren't fully appreciating Antonio Gibson like they should, and especially in Dynasty Leagues as well. You feel that way? I do, and I think the hype train in the offseason, you know, arguably got a little out of control. Ron Rivera was talking about Gibson in the context of Christian McCaffrey, right, because Obviously, he was the head coach of, of the Panthers, so that, that made sense. But whenever you bring up anybody with Christian McCaffrey, I think it, it sets the bar pretty high. But I, I do agree with you um, in terms of where you were going there. Like I, I think Antonio Gibson is still um, an incredible prospect. The Washington football team, they, they've had to deal with some things this year. Um, you know, definitely not the record that they were hoping to have at kind of the midway point here. Um, but yeah, I still definitely believe in, in Antonio Gibson. So let's set it up for those at home that might not have the full Antonio Gibson picture, right? So just to, just to quickly zoom out on his career. So this was a community college football player transfers to Memphis, 
loaded Memphis team. We're talking Tony Pollard, Darrell Henderson, and who's the one I always forget? Oh, yeah, Kenny Gainwell, right? So monster running back room. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really play until his senior year. All of a sudden shocks the world. 1,100 all-purpose yards, doing most of his damage as a receiver, right? So going into last year's rookie class, blazes a 4.39 at the combine. At six feet, 228 pounds, that is elite of elite speed at the running back position. Goes in the third round to the Washington football team. And the big question for a lot of dynasty leaguers was, what do we do with this guy? A lot of potential, fantastic athleticism. The question is, can he run between the tackles? Can he be a workhorse, right? He was drafted as a running back. Guy had less than 50 career snaps at Memphis at the running back position. So in 2020, we got all those questions answered, right? Didn't even get to play 50% of snaps for the year on average. 800 rushing yards, 250 receiving yards. Was number 19 at the running back position in receptions. And one of my favorite stats to look at for running backs is juke rate. Evaded tackles per touch. Top 10 in the NFL. All of our questions were answered. And that is why the hype train got out of control this year, right? People were expecting this next level ascension. Mm -hmm. You get these dual threat Christian McCaffrey comparisons. Here we are in 2021. Injury plagued season so far, right? Playing through a stress fracture in his shin. Yep. Um, Still being elusive by a lot of these metrics, but we're not seeing that ascension that everybody kind of got over their skis about. So I know you love to watch Gibson. Tell me about what you see on the tape that jumps off to you when you watch this guy. So like you mentioned, right? He's very raw. He's still learning the running back position. So running between the tackles, I think it's it's something that clearly he's a natural. He can do it um, and do it at a very high level. But he's still he's still learning the position, right? I think a lot of times uh, in the fantasy community and, and outside of it, we talk about the best ability is availability. And for a while, he wasn't in on third downs, and that's because he's again learning the position, um, run blocking, pass blocking, all these things that running backs are asked to do. Um, he just didn't have a lot of experience with it. So in terms of getting the football in his hands and and watching him get yards, he's he's very capable. But I think. He's still raw and they're still trying to figure out or they're still trying to bring him along um, in a way where they're not trying to overwhelm him. But at the end of the day, he's far and away, you know, the most talented player on this offense. I really like Terry McLaurin, but um, and I guess they're they're neck and neck, you could say. But Antonio Gibson is is a huge piece of what this team is trying to do. And I think the, the sky's the limit, um, you know, really looking forward. Yeah, I agree. I think the ceiling is high and it's interesting because from a pure football perspective, you might be right. I'm a huge McLaurin fan as well. Obviously somebody that's coveted in dynasty leagues, but if I'm in a startup, I mean, I'm taking Gibson long before McLaurin comes off the board personally. So let's use that as a perfect jumping off point, right? Let's talk about where this guy is currently slotted in. And, you know, I've said this before, but for the purposes of the show, we like to use Fantasy Pros, Superflex rankings. They're free. Everybody can access them. And it gives us, you know, a good little comparison to make. They have Antonio Gibson ranked as RB14. So what I'd love to do with you right now is just get some quick hits in, talk about maybe the guys that they have listed above him and see if you agree. So right off the bat, the man whose jersey I'm wearing right now as we record this, Antonio Gibson versus Joe Mixon. Who you got? You taking Gibson over Mixon? 
Yeah, so I think that's an interesting comparison, right? Uh, one of the things that has always really impressed me about Mixon is, is his, his ability to catch the ball, right? He's got great hands. And I don't think the Bengals have really used it enough in his career, in my opinion. I, I was hoping to see, I'm always hoping to see Mixon kind of in the slot because I think he can do a lot of the things that, you know, a DeAndre Swift can do. But I think just given the the way that the Bengals kind of uh, roll from an offensive perspective in terms of their scheme, we haven't seen it a lot with Mixon. But to, to get back to your question in terms of who would I rather have, it's Gibson for me, and mainly it's just an age thing. I think, um, you know, Mixon's 25, something like that, and then uh, Gibson's 21, 22. So, yeah, for me, Dynasty, uh, I'm going Gibson just because he, he's a bit younger. Yeah, I think uh, Gibson actually 23, a little bit of an older prospect, mm. but the years matter, right? When you're buying back to go win some dynasty titles, you need those young running backs and those two years absolutely matter. So let's keep it quick, you know, because we're going to have to splice this into a larger show later. But um, Zeke Elliott, right? Long time coveted dynasty guy. Are you ready to put Gibson above Zeke? I am. Um, I, I really like Pollard. I like what we've seen from him. Um, yeah, I think it's tough, right? Because Zeke Elliott has kind of been known in the fantasy community as like one of the, the top dogs for a long time. Um, but I, I believe in Gibson that much. I think moving forward, Gibson is, is a better guy to own. Um, a lot of question marks, again, uh, with the Washington football team at quarterback, at offensive line. Um, Zeke doesn't have any of those question marks, right? One of the best offensive lines in football. Dak Prescott's going to be there. Um, so again, a few less question marks, I would say, but yeah, there's just, there's so much tread left on the tires with Antonio Gibson. I think we're going to see a lot of seasons, uh, where he's getting the football a lot. And I think in terms of Zeke Elliott, um, you know, we've, we've just seen that from him already in his career, not to say that he can't keep going, but, but give me Gibson. Yep. I like it. I like it. So I'm going to jump up the list a couple names and maybe this is where we start to get hot takey. I'm surprised he's still listed this high given his age and the current injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Derek Henry at RB nine overall. You taking Gibson or are you taking Henry? I'm taking Henry. Um, I think Henry is one of the best running backs that the NFL has ever seen. Um, uh, historically, I just think he's incredible. Um, so give me Henry. Okay. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little concerned. One of the things we talked about in the off season was, you know, workloads like that, mm-hmm. no matter how superhuman you are, uh, like Derrick Henry is, they, they add up and it wasn't, we weren't predicting injury. I, Derrick Henry is one of my favorite players. I wasn't wishing bad things on him, but, um, it gets tough when you've had that many career touches, you know, and you're, and you're banging into uh, defensive linemen and linebackers all the time. This is the last one. I think it could be a very interesting one. Um, not as much of an age difference, still like two years, but they have Nick Chubb at RB8. You going Antonio Gibson or you going Nick Chubb? This one's tough. Um, I think the only reason you could go Gibson over Chubb here is because Kareem Hunt is there, right? They're both under contract. Cleveland's paying them a bit of money. Stefanski, or Stefanski, what he wants to do is keep Chubb fresh. They think that they're a playoff team there uh, in the AFC North. So I think if you were going to go Gibson, you'd say, hey, you know, there's no other show in town. Like McKissick is kind of the change of back guy, but Kareem Hunt is the real deal. Um, he's, he's a really excellent player. So I think 
you know, between that and, and Chubb not really being somebody who, who catches a lot, I think those would be the reasons you go with Gibson. But I can't say enough good things about Nick Chubb. Everybody knows that. Um, he's incredibly hard to tackle. Um, he's, he's a really excellent running back. So I, I think that's a tough one. But I would go Gibson uh, just moving forward dynasty-wise. Yeah, I don't know if this gets a little hot takey. Um, I don't think it's a big choice for me. I think I want Gibson. I think I want that pass catching ceiling, right? Somebody who we, we talked about at Memphis, mostly a background as a receiver, mm -hmm. right? So we knew he could do that. And Kareem Hunt was a former rushing champion. I believe it was his rookie year. So we know the talent is there. There's kind of some parallels, right? With that Zeke Elliott, Tony Pollard situation, right? A lot of Memphis guys getting mentioned on this show, <laughs> but that that's where I'm at. So I think after we get there, uh, actually, you know what? Let's do this one real quick. I didn't plan on doing this. Dalvin Cook's still listed at RB6. That feels high to me, especially over DeAndre Swift for dynasty purposes. Last one real quick. Tonio Gibson or Dalvin Cook? It's tough. When when Dalvin is out there, um, he's, he's incredible on a per-touch basis. Uh, he runs, he catches, he does everything. It, it's, it's a tough one for me. Um, I think I would go Gibson, but I also wouldn't fault you for taking Dalvin cook. Um, he's, he's been so incredible for, for such a long time, obviously did some awesome things at Florida state. Um, so yeah, I think that's a toss up. Yeah. What a draft class, right? Just to look back real quick, Dalvin cook, Zeke, Joe Mixon, Christian McCaffrey. Actually, I can't even remember if Zeke was in there, but all those guys were in the same draft class. Uh, and Antonio Gibson came in in a loaded draft class last year. So some interesting parallels, but I think that's it, man. Got to keep it short. Would love to have you on again sometime. So thanks for uh, joining us and thanks for helping the people at home keep the flame lit for one Antonio Gibson. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Max. This has been a blast. Um, yeah. Let's, let's keep the flame lit. The best is still yet to come in terms of Antonio Gibson. I, I you know, I think we're really going to see a special player. So there you have it. Easy way to get some more voices on the show. I love getting friends and league mates involved. And uh, I knew you are obviously a huge Antonio Gibson fan. So totally. clearly we're both bullish on the future for what we feel is a super talented running back. And I know you feel the same way. Absolutely. All right. So here it is, the truther time. Now, the way I tried to set this up for myself, and you you have one little cheat in here, but I think you balanced it out well with between your two players. So pulled up fantasy pros Superflex dynasty rankings and i said i am only going guys outside the top 200 these are players that i love outside the top 200 which means if you're in a standard 12 team league they are basically free they're yep. going outside the top 16 rounds so i want to kick it off with a player that i know is near and dear to the hearts of the mccullough family i'm talking about former exeter high school superstar now dolphins tight end Hunter Long. So Hunter Long, third round pick out of BC, 6'5", 255-plus pounds. This is the kind of tight end that I love seeing coming to the NFL, right? Gets the draft capital. You know, not somebody that I'm saying is going to make a huge impact this year, but with Mike Gesicki getting older and we mm -hmm. don't know if they're going to bring him back or not, these are the types of players that I like to start looking at. So has the draft capital, has the size, and I mean, going back to 2019, he was the Eagles leading receiver. So put up huge numbers at BC in 2019. 
and then last year got to show us with a close to a 700-yard season, he was actually tied with Kyle Pitts for the most contested catches by a Power 5 tight end. And, I mean, I could tell you I've watched Hunter Long. He makes some awesome plays, can run all the short and intermediate routes, um, and actually has some speed to go along with it, definitely above average speed. But why would why would I sit here and talk about him? Mike, <laughs> you were the boots on the ground I know. at the Exeter High School football <laughs> games. Talk to me a little bit about seeing this kid play in high school. I was doing some dynasty scouting before I even knew I was doing it. So I, I definitely, I was a senior when Hunter would have been a junior. So I got to watch him at least coming up through the ranks. He was just an absolute beast uh, for Exeter. I know he was definitely always the, the, the main target hog. Um, and was definitely beloved by the Exeter High School legend coach, Coach Ball. Um, that's that's a name for you. So he was definitely great to see him do so well coming out of high school. You know, first you see, oh, damn, this kid from Exeter is going to BC, does fantastic at BC. Like you said, if you're even mentioned in the same breath as Kyle Pitts, you're keeping good company. So um, I I agree. It's It takes, we, we see for tight ends, it takes... Um, you know, a year or two for a lot of these guys to develop. So for a, a sleeper guy, I like holding on to tight ends. You have to be patient with them. Um, you know, he might not see a ton of run this year, but um, I'm definitely looking forward to a bright future for him. Hopefully he can bring some Exeter, some pride to Exeter. I love it, man. Like I said, especially if you're in like a tight end premium league. I mean, these are guys that are definitely under the radar. I think he has the size, the athleticism, the skill set to be a two-way tight end. Let's just push Mike Kosicki to the mm. side and see what Hunter Long can do. Exactly. But let's pivot over to your first truth there. Now, this is deep on fantasy. I mean, this is outside the top 250, which is why, you know, you offset your cheat with the other player yeah. we'll get to later. But talk to me about a quarterback that is up for debate, his future right now. Mm-hmm. And I think you think it's pretty bright. Yeah, I do. I think that's the main question, the, probably the main reason why he is not uh, – you know, super high on the rankings as people's uh, concerns about his longevity in the league. But Taylor Heineke, uh, I've been a huge fan of him ever since we first uh, became acquainted with him when he did the had the spot start um, for the Washington football team against the Bucks in the playoffs and almost pulled off a miracle victory. And then we saw a couple weeks ago he got that W against the Bucks. So love to see that for him. But you know, obviously he came into this season not expecting to be the starter. Everyone thought that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to come in here. Unfortunately, bad hip injury, which, you know, a lot of people thought that he might be coming back later in the season. But a hip injury to a 38-year-old usually doesn't end up becoming a quick recovery. So he had that opportunity laid out in front of him. So far, it's been kind of a up and down road. But I truly just think that the way that this guy plays is extremely respectable for the rest of the players on his team, as well as his head coach, Ron Rivera, has seemed to really like um, the progression that Heineke has made. He's a freak athlete. You know, if if you're looking at player profiler, as far as his 40-yard dash, his burst score, his agility score, all of those are in the 80th percentile or above, and his spark score in general is 87th percentile. So this guy, you know, he has no fear. Really, he's a freak athlete that will not hesitate to break out of the pocket if he needs to. And also, he just seems to perform so well in clutch situations. We were looking too. he's number four in pressured completion percentage right now. So when it you know, when everything is crashing down, 
like on top of him, he seems to do, be able to perform the best. And it sure as heck doesn't doesn't uh, hurt to have a wide receiver like Terry McLaurin there to bail you out on some on some jump throws. But you know, I think while there is a possibility that Washington with this upcoming draft could opt to draft a quarterback, I think that Heineke has certainly done enough to at least instill a good amount of faith in Washington that maybe they don't need to go that route. Maybe they draft a QB in the third or fourth round to possibly compete with them. And when you're talking about, you know, deeper cut players, I'm all right with carrying a QB like that, but maybe, you know, maybe it's not guaranteed in the next year, but I feel like he has at least a 50, 50 chance of, of being that guy for them going forward. Totally. I mean, look at, you know, and I mean, you and I play in some deep super flex leagues together and it's like, at least get a guy that's having some production on the field, mm-hmm. right? Like I recently had to make a hard decision to cut Dwayne Haskins. And it's like, that's a former first round pick who's exactly. done basically nothing so far. I mean, like you said, he has, Heineke has the athleticism, you know, he's just shown that the moment isn't too big for him mm-hmm. and he can go out there make the plays, rally the team, and have some fun. I do want to take this moment, though, because you brought up his spark score. And so before we jumped on the mics, Mike and I were having a little bit of back and forth. And so I was just looking it up. You know, we do love using Player Profiler. Their data package is amazing for just being able to query all these numbers. And I was like, you know, 87 percentile spark score is pretty high. I wonder who number one is. And so I, I, I sorted it real quick. And I was like, oh, of course, it's, it's Joe Webb. And Mike's response was, huh? who's, who's Joe <laughs> Webb? And so this is a little homework slash history lesson for all you listeners out there that has nothing to do with Dynasty. Your homework assignment, if you don't know who Joe Webb is, is to Google Joe Webb Tuesday Night Football. And slight spoiler alert. So it was a snowstorm game late in December that had to be moved a couple days. So we got a Tuesday Night Football game. And it was Mike Vick 2.0 rebirthed with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, a in his prime Shady McCoy mm-hmm. in the backfield, and the god Joe Webb <laughs> filling in for the other god Brett Favre, uh, comes in and plays one hell of a ball game. So for anybody who hasn't seen the highlights, has never heard of that game, please do yourself a favor and go Google Joe Webb Tuesday at football thank me later i think i think we found out the next jersey that you need to buy <laughs> just for oh that. joe webb vikings <laughs> jersey would be find one on the black oh, market <laughs> that would be very legit all right we got one more piece and i don't think this is true that for anybody that's listened to the show especially the early days with dan and i um just talking into a void um needs needs you know this one needs no no special treatment mm. tyler johnson i've been talking about tyler johnson for so long this is a guy 6'5", 205 pounds, for those not familiar, was an absolute monster at Minnesota. 12 and 1300 yard receiving seasons his last two years there. And while that's impressive statistically, right? You look across the board, breakout age, dominator rating, college yards per reception, all these metrics we love to look at that Mm -hmm. project success to the NFL level. Tyler Johnson's up there. We're talking not... 75th percentile not 80 like he's like 90th plus percentile across the board in a lot of these and i've been extra validated about tyler johnson because we saw his teammate rashad bateman who he was competing for all these targets and touches with go in the first round so to me the fact that he's putting up these 12 1300 yard seasons while sharing a field with a with a future first round pick 
just means that the talent has always been there mm-hmm. and I was right all along. And for another little homework lesson or homework assignment, Tyler Johnson can play inside, outside. He can run all the routes. He's kind of buried on a Bucks depth chart right now. But just go on a YouTube and type in Tyler Johnson Saints catch. <laughs> Last year in the playoffs, gets the time on the field. It's third and 11, 2020, Bucks versus Saints. On the biggest stage of his life, Tyler Johnson makes one of the best catches that you would have seen last year. I will continue to pound the table for this guy. If you can go trade for him cheap, go get him now. If he's on your waiver wire, shame on your league, go get him now. Yeah. And he's he's just he is the brand of this show. <laughs> and I don't I tend to be a draft capital snob. I don't care that he went in the fifth round. I think he has all the talent to make it happen. Go get yourself some Tyler Johnson. Hey man, it's these these are the kinds of guys that are worth holding out for. The ones that have shown that you know, not only are they they have the tools and the physical capabilities and the, you know proven to be able to make it happen, have performed with other high, you know, high talent um, guys beside them, and you know we'll see we'll see what happens. I know that is Chris Godwin um, possibly might not be back there um, next year. Correct. Good so. Point. You know, we'll see. It could take, it could be a little bit of a late bloomer, but this is definitely a guy that I could see that happening for, especially with Tom Brady as your quarterback. So, all right, Mike, take us home. Another wide receiver. You cheated with this one, didn't go outside the top 200, but you were close enough, still outside the top 150. So, somebody going outside, you know, the the 12 rounds of a startup right now. Exactly. Take us home, buddy. Totally. So, um, y'all have heard me talk about this guy before, but one of my, probably my favorite player, um, personally on my favorite team, uh, Jacoby Myers. So this dude has just been Mr. Consistency really, um, for the Patriots in my mind. The thing is, you know, in the fantasy world, uh, he has not been a very high scoring player. So for that reason, um, and the fact due to the fact that he's an undrafted um, guy or, or was undrafted um, in 2019, signed by the Patriots. He doesn't have that draft capital for people to fall back on. So his rankings it, as such in dynasty have fallen. So, you know, he, at this point in the season, he is among wide receivers. He is number 19 in snap share. So he's on the field. He's getting the opportunity. He's number six in slot snaps, which especially for Mac Jones, he's been liking targeting that area of the field. Uh, and in the Patriots offense in general, that's always a, a very important position. Um, and he's also number 15 in target share. So, you know, the, the way that he has just been short, so sure handed for the Patriots gives me faith that he's going to continue seeing that playing time because, you know, especially with, with those coaches, if you aren't being that, that guy, that's, that's sure handed, um, consistently you know you're not going to see the field quite as much so I think that he with this opportunity continuing through the rest of the season if he can get some more touchdowns on the board if he can get some more uh you know air yards under his belt where he's he's had a lot of games where he has you know four or five receptions but he tops out at like 40 yards or so um so I when I'm looking for these these kind of deep cuts especially that some people might underappreciate. I'm really looking for that opportunity that just maybe has not formulated into, um, you know, actual fantasy points at this point. So 
I just think that, you know, he's a young guy. He's gonna, I don't see his, his role being taken from him anytime soon. I really love him in dynasty right now. Yeah. I think it's a great point. Somebody being held, you know, I've pounded the table for DJ Moore for so long. And the thing that always held him back from, you know, going from a mid-level receiver to an elite receiver was just the touchdowns mm-hmm. in fantasy. And I think Jacoby Myers is seeing the same thing, right? Where it's just taken him so long to get that first touchdown. I watch a lot of Patriots games. Obviously, I'm a Patriots fan. I see Mac Jones getting better every week. Mm-hmm. I see the rapport with the wide receivers getting better every week. I think Jacoby Myers is only going to continue to improve in the offense. And I think he's somebody that, like you said, still hugely undervalued, you know, just because the lack of draft capital and he hasn't totally flashed and had that blow up game yet. Yeah, exactly. I definitely think that that going into next year, especially if he can string together um, a few solid games and the Patriots have some exploitable matchups towards the end of the season. If he can, you know, get some touchdowns on the board and raise his, his rankings, his, his, um, you know, finishing rankings for the season, people are going to be viewing him completely different than obviously coming into this year. And it's going to be get a, get ahead of it while you can. I think, I really think the word is undervalued with him. All right, buddy. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. Quick truther show. Plus, we got to hear from our buddy and league mate, Max Andrus. So I think we can call it. And uh, hopefully the next time we have Dan on the show, because, you know, Dan loves some slot snaps talk. Of course. That's That's his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) 